praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles this morning. We're going to return back to the book of Genesis. Again, I want to encourage our young people to get your Bible and follow along with us. If you don't have a Bible, I'd love to give you a Bible. The church would love to provide you a Bible. Parents, help us out. We want our kids to be able to uh, know where to find something in the Bible. Amen. We want them to get used to using the Bible. They need to use the Bible their whole life. Amen. Children, I want to remind you that the Bible is not just for Sunday school. Amen. Read your Bibles. Go home and read your Bibles. I remember uh, growing up at church, and I remember hearing about this prayer closet business. I remember uh, Brother Bunny and my Sunday school teachers would say, you need to go to your prayer closet. So I took that literally. I remember I went inside my closet in my bedroom, and I had a flashlight, and I went, because I didn't have a light in my, in my closet, and I took my flashlight, and I remember going in my prayer closet like they said. They said, if you go in the prayer closet, you'll meet the Lord. If you go in the prayer closet, you'll commune with the Lord. You'll fellowship with the Lord. And I thought, well, I want the Lord. So I went in my prayer closet, in my clothes closet. And I took my Bible with me. And I remember with a, under, with a flashlight reading the Bible. And, I, and I, I'm sure I thought, well, where's the Lord? But I didn't know it. But uh, he said, lo, I come in the volume of a book. It is written of me. And then I later discovered that he is the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and I had no idea looking back that the Lord was in there with me. Amen? So you, you go in your prayer closet and you'll meet the Lord. Amen? Genesis chapter number 13. Proud of our young men. They were sit, taking up the offering today. That's great. Praise God for that. Amen? Genesis chapter 13. We're going to begin at verse number 14. We're preaching through the life of Abraham. And for review, remember last Sunday morning, Abraham and Lot separated. There was strife in their family, between their families, between their groups. And Abraham said, let there be no strife. Remember in verse 10 of chapter 13, And Lot lifted up his eyes, and he beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered. And remember that Lot here is living by sight and not by faith. So Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw Sodom, the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. But remember, the Bible says and wants us to know this. The Bible makes a note of it. We're going to get back to it later. That Lot, he ended up dwelling in the cities of the plain and he pitched his tent towards Sodom in verse 12. But then in verse 13, the Bible wants us to know that the men of Sodom were wicked sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Remember that Abraham, it seems, have learned his lesson. And I know that Abraham gave a choice between him and Lot. He said, you go to the right, I'll go to the left. You go to the left, and I'll, or I'll go to the right. But we do know this, that Abraham did not choose to, to dwell in the, in the well-watered plains of Sodom. And so the comparison here is obvious. Abraham is learning to live by faith, and Lot is living by sight. Now remember, the just shall live by faith and not by sight. And faith is what? If you remember, faith is doing what God says. It's not a works, but you're doing what He says because you believe Him. And so since you believe Him, you do what He says. Trusting in the Lord is doing what He says. You're trusting in Him. 
You're believing His Word. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is alone, and it's dead. Why do people follow Jesus? Because they believe He is the Savior. Why does someone follow the Lord? Why do people do what He says? Not because they're trying to achieve some work, but Christians, they believe the Lord. And then the evidence of their faith is keeping His Word. How do I know that I know Him? First John says, chapter number 2. How do you know that you know Him? It doesn't matter what a man says. Remember that. How do you know that you know Him? You keep His commandments. Amen. How do you know that you know Him? You love His people. How do you know that you know Him? Chapter 3 of 1 John. You cannot live a constant lifestyle of sin. How do you know that you know Him? Chapter 2. You will not love the world. You won't love the things of the world. You won't do it. You have the anointing of the Holy One and He dwells in you and you abide in Him and He abides in you. Therefore, you cannot abide in Egypt like Abraham did. He had to leave. That's not His people. How do you know that you know Him? We sung about it. Amen? Behold, all things are new. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. In Christ I am a new creature. Amen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Amen. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? How do you know that you know him? You follow Jesus. Amen. And Abraham is living a life of faith and he's learning to walk with God. Lot's living by sight and Lot sees the well-watered plains of Jordan. And there he pitches his tent towards Sodom. And Abraham stays behind. We pick up reading in verse number 14. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. For a little, for a little uh, modern commentary here, we see this even today, don't we? We see the struggle in Israel and over land. And God said that to Abraham, this is your land. This is your lineage's land. You think, well, what about Ishmael? The promise is not through Ishmael. The promise is through Isaac, Israel. And so in verse 16, I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Help us, Lord, to understand Abraham is teaching us here how to walk by faith. He's not walking by sight. And Lord, remind us he had a lapse in faith, but he's returned back to you from Egypt. And Lord, he's dwelling in the land that you promised him. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see the application to our lives, that people who know you, people who are born again through faith, live out their faith. And their faith produces fruit, and their faith produces works that prove that their faith is real. And Lord, they follow you. They serve you. They live for you. Help us to understand these things scripturally. Lord, I pray that you would help us to not let the world teach us what Christianity is, 
But Lord, we will learn Christianity and faith through the Holy Scriptures. And Lord, this Bible will be our God, will be our truth. It will be the absolute resource on what a born-again Christian is. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you. In your name, Jesus, Lord, we ask these things. Amen. So Lot and Abraham, they're going two different directions, aren't they? Lot, as I've mentioned, is walking by Sot, and Lot is going towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham is living by faith, and Abraham remains in the land of Canaan and the land of promise. And we see that Abraham is following the Lord here. And it appears, especially from the end result, we know the rest of the story, that Lot is heading his own direction, isn't he? Lot is trusting in his own wisdom. Lot is going his own way, isn't he? There's a way that seems right to Lot, right? There's a way that seems like that's the way that Lot, that Lot should go. But the end thereof, we know, is death and destruction. Lot thinks that the grass is greener on the other side. And Lot's one of those, he's a, maybe he's a church hopper, you know, or maybe he hangs out with the Lord for a little while, but when it gets a little bit difficult, a little bit of drama comes, a little bit of heartache comes, a little bit of self-denial might be needed, a little bit of saying no to the world might be necessary, and Lot, he, he drifts away. He, wants, he thinks he can find the greener pastures outside of the will of God. You know the devil's always trying to get you to look down the road, isn't he? He's always trying to get you to look over there and look how good they're doing. And Lot, he's heading the wrong way. Now what's awesome about this is Abraham and Lot are going two different directions. You say, why is that good? Abraham is not following Lot into the well-watered plains of Jordan. He's not moving towards Sodom and Gomorrah. He's not pitching his tent towards Sodom. He's not heading that direction. So there's an obvious lesson here, isn't there? That we should not follow people away from God. Amen? We shouldn't do it. Abraham did not follow Lot away from the promised land. Well, Lot's my nephew. Should I follow my family? Even if it's family, don't follow your family away from God. Amen? Don't do it. Many do. Abraham didn't. Amen? Why is that? Is is, uh, Lot... Abraham's savior? No. Did a Lot promise to give Abraham all the land that he saw? No. Is Lot blessing Abraham? No. Even if it's your son, what if it's your son? Should you follow your son away from Jesus? Absolutely not. You should pray for your son, amen, that he comes to Jesus. You should live your life so you can be in a position to say this, hey, you need to come where I'm at because I'm following Jesus, amen? You need to live your life so you can remain in a position that you can say, hey, don't go down that road. Don't be on that road with them. Amen? And so Abraham, he chooses to follow the Lord. Lot's traveling by sight. Abraham, he's traveling by faith. Abraham is doing what God wants him to do, and Lot is doing what he wants to do. I kept thinking about this passage this week in Matthew chapter 7, where the Lord says in verse number 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. It's an easy road, amen? That's the easy way. And how and many there be that go in thereat. You know why many go in that way? Because that's the easy way, amen? They go the easy way. And the hell is paved with an easy path. And the Bible said, Jesus said this, however, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, 
and few there be that find it. There's not many that find that way, amen? That's convicting, isn't it? Now, how many is few? That's a few. And how many are many? That's a lot. And there's a lot of people going to go to hell, and there's few people going to go to heaven. There's a lot of people that don't follow the will of God, don't believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, but there's few people who do. And the people who do, they go through a narrow gate, and they go through a narrow path, and few there be that find it. Amen? Lot's going down the wrong road, isn't he? They say, well, that's my nephew. Well, don't go with him. Amen? <laughs> don't follow your family to hell. Don't follow your friends down the wrong path. Don't follow that crowd that direction. And it will say, well, what if I am? Well, you're not following the Lord. If you're not following the Lord, then you're following them. And there's a bunch of people going that way. Faith doesn't go that way. Faith says, I don't care what anybody does. I don't care where they're going. I don't care who's going with them. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to follow them. Amen? Why? Because I believe on Jesus. And that belief, that sincere belief of faith in Jesus Christ has convinced my heart I'm going to follow him. Amen? Hey, here's a good test to apply to your life, whichever crowd you're in. Can you invite those people to church with you on Saturday night and will they come? Can you invite them to come with you? Can you stand in a room with them and say, hey guys, I got a good idea. Let's go to Sunday school. How, what's their reaction? Can you, can you stand in a room full of them and can you say, hey, let's, I tell you what, tomorrow morning, anybody got anything to do? Why don't you come to Westside Baptist Church with me, with me tomorrow morning and we're going to sing hymns and we're going to pray and there's going to be preaching time and we're going to have Sunday school and we're going to, why don't you come with me? Now, what is their reaction? Now, don't give me this stuff and say, well, Jesus ate with sinners because if you came last Sunday night, you'd realize, I know Jesus ate with sinners, but Jesus didn't sin with sinners. Amen? There's a big difference sitting there. And remember what the Lord said in their presence. He said, I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners to repentance. He said, he's saying to them, you all are wrong. You're going down the wrong path. You're going down an unhealthy way. You all are sinners. You need to repent and believe the gospel. Now, can you say that to the crowd that you're in, and how will it be received? If that cannot be received, then you're heading the wrong direction if you're walking hand in hand with them. Lot and Abraham are going two different directions because Lot is going towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham is remaining in the land of promise. Now, Abraham, he's alone, but I'd rather be alone with Jesus, wouldn't you, than have a million worldly friends. You say, well, Abraham ain't got nothing to do. There's a lot of fun they're going to have down there at Sodom. I'd rather be bored alone in my prayer closet with Jesus. Come to find out it's not that boring, by the way. You know you can experience God. Can I pause for a minute? You know you can enjoy fellowship and sweet communion with Jesus? Do you know that you can have a prayer time that beats any roller coaster thrill ride at Dollywood? Do you know that Jesus is better than a fun day at Dollywood? And let's be honest, it's not always that much fun. Right when you pull in there, $20 to park. What if we did that here at Westside? $20 to park? <laughs> it ain't always that fun. I heard a man one time tell me he went to Disney World. He said, that's the most happiest place on earth, they say. And he said, everywhere I looked, all the little kids were crying. <laughs> that's the truth, ain't it? Do you know that you can experience God? I mean you can really experience Him. 
It's not just a church service. No, you can experience Him. You can talk to Him. You can have communion with Him. You can be satisfied and content and have meaning and purpose more than anything that this world has ever given you. You can have sweet contentment and satisfaction in fellowship with God by prayer and Scripture and walking by faith and having sweet assurance and having a clear conscience and laying down your bed at night with peace on your heart and joy on your mind and a song in your heart and people say, well, that don't sound too interesting to me. But the irony of that is that's the very thing the world is searching for. That's what they're looking for. And they can never find it. Ever. They'll never find it. That sin is pleasurable for a season, isn't it? But the seasons always turn, don't they? And it always gets cold. And it always gets difficult. And it always becomes a heartache and a pain. It's always that way. And that's the very thing that people are looking for. Why do what you do? Because you're trying to find joy. Why do what you do? Because you're trying to find contentment. You're trying to find satisfaction, aren't you? You're trying to find peace. And some people say, and even church people, and there might even be somebody here this morning that thinks, well, what I'm doing, I can find peace. Listen, you'll never find peace outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Never. You will never do it. Ever. Lot is walking by sight. And Abraham is walking by faith. But what if they're going over there? It might not be too bad. Look, Lot's got his children with him. He's got his two lovely daughters with him and his wife. Surely he's making the right choice. It is so sad that so many families and so many children are affected by the un by the foolish decisions of parents trying to find a greener life, a, a, a life with greener pastures outside of the will of God because maybe sometimes the will of God is difficult or straight or narrow. There's a lot of social contagion going on. What is that? There's a lot of groupthink going on in there. There's a lot of people that base what is good or right or righteous based on popular votes. But the Old Testament says, woe unto them that follow the multitude to sin. Many there be that find it. Few there be that go into life. There's a bunch of people living at the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham's up there alone with his goats. Well, he's got over 300 servants. We'll find that out later. But he's up there alone, and it's, there's no flashing lights, and there's no big drama, and there's no big dreams to achieve. You think not? Oh, Abraham has it all. He's got everything that he needs. He has everything that he needs and then some. I feel sorry for Lot, don't you? I feel sorry for Lot's daughters, don't you? I feel sorry for what's going to happen. Oh, there's Paul and Abraham. Listen, don't you feel sorry for Christians? Don't you know it's their father's good pleasure to give them the kingdom? They're going to have it all. Don't feel sorry for them. They're going to have it all. Poor old Abraham. Really? Don't you know in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that Abraham was looking for a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God? <laughs> Poor old Abraham. Really? Poor old Lot. Poor old Lot. Did you catch this in the text? Verse 14. So young people, look at verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated unto him. It's always that way. When did God appear to Abraham? When Abraham was walking in the will of God. When did Abraham have fellowship with God? When Abraham was doing what God said. 
John 14, 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he is that that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. What does that mean? Jesus is saying in John 14, Listen, if you believe on me and do what I say, you will have fellowship with me and my Father. I will reveal myself to you. I will commune with you, talk with you. You'll have peace and contentment and joy like the world can never give you. Ever. Jesus said in John 10, 10, great chapter, by the way, you should read it. He said, I have sheep that are not of this fold, and they know me. My sheep hear my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. What does that mean? Jesus' crowd, here's what they do. When Jesus says, hey, follow me, they follow Jesus in the way. And how do we know which sheep are his sheep and which sheep are the devil's sheep? Because the ones who follow Jesus are his sheep. And that's how we know. I told you I got this dog named Jonah. He's a black lab. We named him Jonah because we thought he liked the water because Jonah, you know, went in the water. He does. But Jonah comes to me when I call him. He knows his name. There's a lot of people say, I know Jesus. But Jesus is saying, hey, don't go that direction. They must not be his sheep because they keep going that direction. They keep doing it. I mean, we, our heart is so is so deceitfully wicked that even God's people, we try to convince ourselves that that's not the way that it is. That's not what Christianity is. I appreciate what Carolyn said this morning. Did you hear it? She said, hey, pray that I can live a life so my prayer life won't be hindered so I can be effective in winning these hearts that I'm burdened about for the Lord Jesus Christ. What is she saying? She's saying, since Jesus made a difference in my life, I want it to be real and noticeable and manifested, not only outwardly, but I want to have communion with God. Because don't you remember in the book of Psalms, the Bible says, He who regardeth iniquity in their heart, the Lord will not hear them. God's people bear fruit. Amen? Say, do they really? Yeah, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, you shall know them by the fruits that they bear. Amen? Can an apple tree grow a potato? No, they can't. And Galatians 6 says that we have fruit of the Spirit and we were these things, 1 Corinthians 6, and now we're not because of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, says that we're new creatures, but we all act like that's not the way that it is. But that's Christianity. That's the way that it is. Stop letting the world teach you what Christianity is. Amen? Because that's not the way that it is. I don't blame Lot for trying to convince us, hey, there ain't nothing to this, do you? I don't blame the man for trying to convince himself that he can live next to Sodom and Gomorrah where God already said that the men of Sodom are exceedingly sinful. That sounds pretty bad, don't it? They're, not, they're exceedingly sinful. And Lot's going to take his two daughters. I don't blame him for trying to justify that. That's what we do. Stop letting the world teach you what Christianity is. Amen? Amen. Can I say it again? Because I think it's so applicable. I think God gave it to me. I don't say that very much. Stop making your own religion. Stop doing that. So, well, I, and we do that based on what the world thinks. Who cares what the world thinks? What does God think? Okay, so Lot leaves. Abraham's alone. He's like, I'm not going. You say, well, he, he yeah, he chose not to go. Any way you look at it, he didn't go. He's the one that made the deal anyway. He could have changed his mind. He didn't go, and he stayed in Canaan land. 
There wasn't as much water there because that's why Lot wanted to go. There's obviously trouble between the herdsmen of Abraham and the herdsmen of Lot. They were probably arguing over water. And that's why Lot said, hey, they got water down there in the plains of Jordan by the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to go where the water is. Here's translation. I'm going to go where it's easier, even at the sacrifice of my relationship with God. Okay, so Abraham stays behind. Abraham doesn't go. I was talking to a, a, young, a young lady, my friend, last Wednesday night, and you know, I, I told her, and I'll tell you too, you don't have to go with them. You know what I'm saying? You're picking up what I'm putting down. You don't have to go with them. Don't go. It's okay. You don't have to go do that. Amen? Don't do it. Don't go do it. That's plain, ain't it? You don't have to go. You don't have to go. Abraham didn't go. Say, wow, he's missing out. And then the Lord appeared to him. Was he really? You know, you'll always find that if you do the will of God. Listen to me. It'll always be that way. God will not let your faith go unrewarded. And when you say no to the world and yes to Jesus Christ every single time you'll be rewarded by his presence by his joy by his peace by his love by a life of, of without regret and I mean it he's a supernatural God and you'll experience him in your mind and your heart and you I'm telling you and you think oh that's never happened to me then don't go and watch what God does. Just stay behind. Get in your little prayer closet and watch what God can do with your heart. I'm not speaking in figures of speech. I can say, and I ought to be able to say, I'm speaking from experience. You let them go away. And you'll see that Jesus Christ isn't just a Sunday school lesson. You let them go. You let them go because of Jesus. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. You let them go. Let them do it. Don't judge them. There's no need for that. You just let them go. And when Lot leaves Abraham, and the Lord said unto him, it's always that way. Do you see that? You won't fellowship with Jesus and keep His commandments. He's not going to bless you in a life of sin. Why would He do that? It would encourage you to keep doing it, wouldn't it? Deny yourself. Say no to your flesh. You die that He might live. You decrease that He might increase. You say no to your heart and I'm not going. And you watch, because God wants to have communion with you. Do you know that? It's not like that if it's not, He's not leading a carrot in front of you. He wants to have fellowship with you. But He ain't going to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah and hang out with you there. You'll get the wrong idea. You'll start thinking that this is the right way. 
The way of a transgressor is hard because that is the grace and the mercy of God to resist that way in your life that by the will of God and God willing by His grace, you'll say, this is not the road to be on. And if you are really His, then you experience chastisement, don't you? But if you do not receive the chastening hand of God and you can rejoice in your iniquity, listen to the religion of the Bible, you are none of His. You don't belong to Him. Is that in there? Yeah, check out Hebrews chapter 12. Also reference Romans chapter 8. For whoever doesn't have the Spirit of Christ in him is none of him. For the Spirit of Christ that dwelleth in the Christian is the same Spirit that rose Jesus Christ up from the dead. The same one. Some might say, yeah, ever since, ever since, you know, uh, no, no, no. True faith is this. You, you still with me? I'm about through. You're wiggling. <laughs> Stop wiggling. <laughs> I'm starting to get the idea that you're not getting it, okay? Stop wiggling. <laughs> True, genuine faith in Jesus Christ is not a, it's not a willpower anymore. That, okay, I'm, some people think I'm, I don't want to become a Christian because I don't know if I can hold out. That ain't got nothing to do with what we're talking about here. The same Spirit. It's not holding out. It's Him holding on. It's a supernatural power of God. It is a risen Christ living in you. You've been resurrected. You've been made alive. You've been brought to life. You were blind, but now you see it's a new life. This isn't you hoping you could follow the rules. No, it is Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's what it is. That's who it is. It's Him. See, the gospel isn't offering you a new path, really. It's offering you life in Jesus Christ. He said, but I thought about what John 14, 6 says, I am the way. Yeah, He, He is the way. He is the way, not you. Okay, the irony here. Genesis 13, 10, now look, Lot lifted up his eyes. But look what God did to Abraham. God said, but now, Abraham, you lift up your eyes. You see the difference? Lot lifted up his eyes and went to the world. And God comes to Abraham when he's alone, when he's probably confused and he's wondering, did I make the right choice? Did I do the right thing? I'm out of fellowship with my nephew now. I'm just trying to walk by faith. It doesn't seem very rewarding right now. Lot's going to have water. Lot's going to have a better life than me. Lot seems to have more friends than me. Lot's going to go to a place where they, have, where they have Starbucks and Burger King. And here I am, and I'm living in some wilderness in the land of Canaan. But God says, now you lift up your eyes, Abraham. I want you to see something. You see it? You're getting it, aren't you? Abraham, you lift up your eyes. Now, Abraham's still walking by faith. It don't look like it yet because he never had it. He'd yet to receive the promise, but he staggered not the promises of God through unbelief like Lot did. Abraham, you lift up your eyes. 
and you look around. From the north to the south, the east to the west, this is all going to be your land. You don't even have a kid yet, Abraham, but your seed's going to be so numerous like the dust of the earth. You lift up your eyes and you follow me. I'll reward you. Hebrews eleven six. Those who come to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek after Him. Amen? At one side of Him, all the toils of life will be repaid. Amen? One glimpse of Christ in glory, and all the cares of life will melt away. Amen? Enter into the joy of thy reward. Follow me, Jesus said. Follow me, follow me, follow me. It is my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. One of these days you're going to be like the Apostle Paul. If you keep following Jesus Christ, you will say, I've kept the faith. I've ran the race. Henceforth for me, there is laid up a crown of righteousness. But not only for me, but for all those, everyone who follows Jesus in faith. I'm going to see it with my own eyes. Amen. Beulah land. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see him with my own eyes. I walk by faith, but one of these days faith will become sight and I'm going to trade all this world gladly. I trade it all away, don't you? That I might win Christ. That I might have Him. For in Him is everything. You keep it all, right? You keep it. I'm not joking. You can have it all, can't you? Have it all. I'd rather have Jesus than a drunk night. Wouldn't you? I'd rather have him. How do you know you know him? Whenever you ever have one of them nights, you'll get rid of that and get back with Jesus. Amen? Say, I've done that. I'd rather have you, Lord. I'd rather have you. I'd rather have Jesus than living in sin, wouldn't you? I'd rather have him. Sin ain't even that much fun after a while. Do you hear me? It's not. Way of a transgressor is hard. I'd rather have Jesus, wouldn't you? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth at the seat of scorners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. But the ungodly are not so, are they? They're not so. The ungodly are not so. But they're like the chaff that the wind driveth away. They cannot sit in the congregation of the righteous. They're not so. Their misery will come the ungodly are not so, but the godly are like a tree, aren't they? Planted by a choice hand, planted by the rivers of life. They don't know any drought nor, nor dry seasons. They don't care about the world and even all of its hardship. They've been planted there by the river of life. And Jesus said, Whosoever believeth on me, out of his belly, what? Will gush up flowing rivers of everlasting life. Amen? Say, so I can't get these Christians to follow the world. Why can't they? Because they'd rather have Jesus. They can't help it. I don't blame them. Jesus is better. You can't convince me otherwise. The psalmist said, come and, come and taste, come and see if the Lord is good and those of us who've tasted Him. I'm not going back to sardines the world gives me. Are you? No way. Uh-uh. I'm going to sit at my father's table with Mephibosheth. Amen? Do you know Jesus? Our time has come, hasn't it? Our time has come. Let's stand to our feet.
Help us, Lord. Now, I want to encourage you now. This is the part I feel so helpless because I don't know what to do anymore. I've always felt that way right here. I don't know what to do. There's really nothing I can do anymore. I've preached a sermon that God's given me. That's it. That's all, I've, that's all I did. I don't know what else to do. And this is the time where God is dealing with you now, isn't it? This is the time now for you to do what you need to do. This is the time for you to make a choice, to make a decision. But I want to encourage you as a Christian, as your pastor, I want to encourage you to leave the world behind and get alone with God. I would encourage you to do that. I do. And let Lot go on if Lot has to. And don't follow the world to iniquity. And you trade this world for Jesus. You know what? And what a, really, it's not a good trade at all. The world is of little value compared to what you get in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a deal that the Lord is offering you. He's, you're trading in a lemon to get the best thing, the best car on the lot for free. Because the owner of the dealership loves you and cares for you. He offers you life and peace. An abundant life. He ain't offering you riches. No, he's not offering you health. He's not. He's not offering you a paid off house. No. If you bought it, you got to pay for it. Amen? He's offering you an abundant life. Everything your heart's been looking for is in Jesus Christ. That's what he offers you. Hey, listen, if I can help you, I'd love to meet you here. If I can be of assistance to you, I'd like to help you. Even if you want to stay after service and talk about this, I'd love to talk to you. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe by your coming, you're saying to this whole church, hey, I want you to come pray with me. I got a burden. I got an issue. Maybe you're a Christian and you're, oh, you're heading towards Sodom. Hey, it's time to get back. Don't go that way. Do not follow them. Don't follow them. It might cost you more than you could ever dream. Remember Lot's wife? Do you remember her? Jesus wants us to remember her. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife? Do you remember? Think about her. Don't go there. Don't go there. Maybe there's a need as we sing together. You obey the Lord. Amen.